0: ho, ho, ho,
1: ho. Merry Christmas! Hello, Nerds and Nerds. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd Nighted Nations podcast. If you like me, back home.
0: Never apologize or for being
1: you. All going things to go, geek are up for grabs.
0: Because people never apologize
1: for being Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's your favorite monotone voice that brings you all the corrections, omissions, and errors. Jared from the future. Um, At the end of this episode, you hear us mentioning all the people that have had us on their show this past year, and I joke that uh, my anxiety would get bad if I forgot somebody. Well, lo and behold, I forgot somebody. So I want to take this time to thank Eric Carter and Joe Fonorato of the Fire Rises podcast for having me on to talk about the Killing Joke earlier this summer. So thanks, guys, and I hope we all work together soon. Merry Christmas, Junior Ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome back to the Nerd Night Nations podcast where we are bringing you our final Christmas episode of the season. I of course am your ambassador to the Midwest United States Jared Boots and with me as always is my co-host of the Great White North of Canada Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa how you doing Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and
0: I'm doing pretty good I
1: guess. How are you? I'm doing good. I've Santa came and spoiled my girls to high heaven Like he does Of course and I think he took pretty good care of me too So how did Santa treat you this year?
0: Well, I'd say Santa treated me pretty good As always
1: That's great, that's great So, So I think we are About ready to tell one of the greatest Christmas stories ever told What do you think? Uh, maybe I I mean it's one we all know So if you can't tell From the title of today's episode We are talking about 2012's Graphic novel Happy done by Grant Morrison And Derek Robertson And like I said This is like a classic Christmas tale Right Melissa Nick Sacks is a corrupt intoxicated ex-cop Turned hitman adrift in a stinking twilight world of casual murder, soulless sex, eczema, and betrayal. With a hit gone wrong, a bullet in his side, the cops and the mob are on his tail, and a monstrous child killer in a Santa suit on the loose, Nick and his world will be changed forever this Christmas by a tiny blue horse called Happy. Now, Melissa, if you had a nickel for every time you heard a Christmas story like that, how many nickels would you have?
0: Ah. (laughs) <laughs> well, one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, mean, I mean, I don't watch Hallmark Christmas movies. I like to watch people on the internet make fun of them. But I would definitely like to see Lifetime take a crack at this. Oh, God. Or Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or Ion or all, any of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, that would... <laughs> Oh god. I I I don't want to imagine what they would do to that, but it would be oh way over dramatic. It would be I I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't wanna know, but it would be a mess for sure. Well
1: while we're on the subject of Hallmark, um do you want a version of this? I want to clarify to listeners that we are not talking about the miniseries that ran from 2017 to 2019 because we just didn't have the time to get that finished before we recorded this. So Melissa, uh, next year, next Christmas, I'm going to talk about the show based off of this. If you are
0: okay, let's do it then.
1: Yeah, but uh, we'll go back to original thought. I'd, I'd I'd love to see what like Hallmark or Lifetime would do with this. It'd be Entertaining as fuck, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, at the end of the day, it probably would be.
1: <laughs> Instead of uh, oh, I can't think of the guy who plays him in the show on Sci-Fi, but it'd probably be uh, Candace Cameron playing uh, Nick Sachs. with uh, the, Melissa Joan Hart as the voice of Happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or Mario Lopez. Oh God.
0: (laughs) 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 He'd have to be in it if it's like freaking Lifetime or whatever. (laughs) I
1: I mean, if he's willing to play Colonel Sanders for a Christmas movie, he's got to be willing to play uh, do the voice of a imaginary unicorn, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I I turned you on to this book fairly recently because yep. I know you're I know you're a fan of Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. But I came upon this book years ago. I just saw it on the shelf and like, hey, Grant Morrison, I'll buy it and I'll give it a read. One thing I could definitely say is it's a very Grant Morrisony title. Mm. I almost when I was rereading it for the for today's episode, I almost kind of compared it to like. Who Framed Roger Rabbit on Acid? Yeah. <laughs> so, you text me when you finished reading this book. and You try, You said you needed some time to wrap your mind around this, what would you call it, a clusterfuck of a book?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was basically, I, I texted you one word, clusterfuck. And I need a good long minute to think about what I just read.
1: Well, now that you've had a few, uh, you've had more than a minute to wrap your head around it. Why don't you tell us your initial thoughts on Happy being a first-time reader?
0: Well, I, I thought, you know, being it being Grant Morrison, you know, I was I was, you know, mentally prepared for, you know, the the level of of strange and out there like your level like Doom Patrol that's that's where I was going, and I was like mentally preparing for just that um i I was surprised that it i mean it's 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 a dark and kind of twisted story, and you've got an imaginary friend unicorn, so I guess you know you've got the strangers there um but it definitely wasn't the what I was sort of mentally preparing for, <laughs> but Um, I definitely, um, sort of wasn't prepared for what, what I was going to be reading, um, just in the sense of, like, how dark it was going to be, and, you know, sort of the route that the story was going to take, um, so yeah, I, I obviously, you know, I read description and sort of had a sense of, okay, this is what I'm getting myself into, and, you know, reading it, and it just, you know, so many different things happen throughout the story and, you know, there's, there's, you know, like plot twists and, you know, things like that. So it's just like, at the end of it, I was, I kind of had to go back and just sort of, you know, not that I, I rushed through reading it, but I sort of had to go back and reread just like a little bit of it just to be like, okay, what, what, what the fuck did I just read? And all I could think of at the end of it, when I I closed up my book, was it's a complete clusterfuck. <laughs> but it's basically, you know, when I when I finally okay, I'm gonna think about like okay, what the story is. It's you know your your dark twisted story. It's a guy who's, you know, um, you know a li- a little bit down on his luck, but he's also like they said like the corrupt, intoxicated guy. He gets himself into a situation and, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit involved with that. A bunch of layers, you know, including the mafia. And then you've got your guy who's dressed as Santa, who's completely deranged. And then a priest who's being completely sus. And then your, your plot twist. And then your unicorn, who's essentially being, you know, it's it's the imaginary friend, but it's also kind of the quote-unquote, spirit guide, basically leading him to where he needs to be. So it's like, okay, now I sort of get what's going on in all of (laughs) this. And
1: and and set the record straight, he's not a hallucination, he's an imaginary friend, which is one, two, three, four, five grades above hallucination.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, definitely um it's it's definitely like a grant morrison story obviously but um you know it's it's definitely you're very gritty very you know gritty and dark and yeah um and then you know a lot of stuff happens that you sort of you know you sort of do need to pay attention to because it's sort of you know it's all sort of connected anyway and um but but yeah, my initial thoughts were definitely it's 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 a clusterfuck of a story.
1: <laughs> well, how often when you read a Grant Morrison book do you find yourself saying, "What the fuck did I just read?"
0: Probably more often than not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's what Grant Mor that's what Grant Morrison's good for because these are comics, man. He's got no problem just making it making stories fantastical, even based in reality, making something so fantastical like this.
0: Exactly. Like, um, you know, he, he definitely, you know, that, that man's got an imagination for days. Like the things he comes up with is just, you know, amazing. Like, I don't know how, how he does it, but he's, he's magical. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it's you know it's kind of a a little bit of a of a heavy read, um, and you know it's very much like you know I've only read a little bit of like because he he did Arkham Asylum right? He yeah, did he
1: did Ar- Arkham Asylum, A Serious House and A Serious Earth, which he wrote sober, by the <laughs> way he said. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, I think
1: he, I I believe he said he stayed up for like, I think he said he stayed up for like days writing that one just to get that kind of level of, uh, tiredness and weirdness in his brain, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Arkham Asylum, like that one, I, I actually haven't, I've, I've read part of it. Um, I do own it, but I've only read part of it because I find it really heavy. <laughs> like it's, it's one I want to read at some point, but I, I don't know when it's going to be, but so it's, it's kind of like, you know, this one, it's, it's definitely, you know, a, a little bit, you know, heavier the, of a story, but I mean, you kind of have it a little bit lighthearted with, with happy where you have that sort of balance between the two. Um, But yeah, it was, um yeah it was definitely uh, more often than not it's it's a what did i just read (laughs) it's it's one of those where um i think with with this one i'll have to read because now obviously i own it so i can read it you know a few more times um but definitely this first reading um i i don't I don't dislike it but I also it wasn't one that I really sort of got into all that much but I don't know maybe maybe because it was just sort of a okay this is what's going on and I need to wrap my head around it that maybe is a second reading of it I'll kind of okay I'll I'll get it and maybe enjoy it a little bit more.
1: I would say if there's one major downfall to this story is that it's very forgettable until you reread it. Yeah. Like you can pinpoint the major plot points like Nick's axe and then Happy and then the reveal that Haley is Nick's daughter and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it's not like, um, for example, like a Batman the Killing Joke where you can her recreate the whole story beat for beat or anything like that. It's like any of your major titles that you can know as soon as you, years after you write, Oh yeah, this story's about this, 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 and this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, cause I found myself knowing some of the bas- basic things about the story, but then rereading it, it's like, Oh yeah, that like at the beginning of the book, uh, let me look this up here real quick while I have it handy. Um, but yeah,
0: it's it's it, it definitely, you know, there's there's those you know memorable moments, but then there's yeah, like you said, there's a lot of forgettable ones, which I, I definitely agree is a is a downfall of it.
1: Yeah, uh, I just found what I was looking for at the beginning of the story, like Jack the Hammer, uh, the guy who's getting off with a prostitute and about ready to bash her brains in with a hammer until she's saved by Nick. Like an element of the plot I forgot about until I reread it. It's like, oh yeah, that, or you found out that Nick cheated on his wife with uh, his partner at the time. Mm -hmm. Like all stuff like that. I forgot was part of the story until I reread it.
0: Yeah. It's sort of, I I don't know if it's, it's, it almost seems to me like it was sort of made to sort of be that way, like where you've got the, sort of the background people, the background characters, things going on, but the main focus is like Nick and and this imaginary unicorn. And then you finally you get to the point of, oh, like Haley is his daughter. So then now, okay, it really, it, it's not till the end where it really gets to the point of sort of the story. I feel like where okay, he's gonna save his daughter, well, now that he he realizes that it is his daughter, um, and then it gets to that story, where, at first, it's very, okay, there's layers, there's things happening, all this stuff, and then, oh, suddenly, you know, there's there's sort of a point to this story, so I can, I, I definitely agree that it is a little bit forgettable, if even, you know, reading it very recently, it's I had to go back and sort of you know, read through it and, and flip through a little bit because just to remember, you know, the the little details that you kind of, um, you you do kind of forget or like gloss over.
1: Yeah. And I want to clarify, I don't, I, I try not to say that about saying the story is forgettable like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um because it is a good story. I do enjoy the story. It it's different. It's, it's very Grant Morrisony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I think I think is a it's a pretty much in the comic world, it's a genre upon itself. It's very Grant Morrisony.
0: <laughs> He's basically his own genre.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh any other thoughts on Happy? Um, Initial thoughts?
0: I I thought I mean I thought it was, it was, um, it was an all right story. I mean, it's, um, it's definitely got its, its uniqueness to it. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting that it's, you know, taking place around Christmas time. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's a, you know, it's an all right story. So yeah.
1: Nice. Uh, do you have any favorite uh, plot points from the film, or any favorite? Uh, fuck, sorry. Uh, do you have any favorite panels from the comic, or any important plot points from the co- uh, story that you enjoyed? Um,
0: I. Where is it now? Um. I I really like it. Sort of at the it's well very much at the beginning um like not even what is it one two one two three four uh, about five five pages or so in um there's the, the one panel and it's there's the picture at the bottom and they've got the guys you know tied up in christmas lights and the, the sign and answer the fucking phone <laughs> I don't know why that kind of made me laugh a little bit. Like it just looked really kind of <laughs> like.
1: Well, that's something that sticks out to me too because the art was done by Derek Robertson, who is, if for those of you who don't know, uh, if you're not casual comic fans, like he was pretty much unknown to me. But yeah, he's known for co-creating The Boys, which oh. is popular all of a sudden. Okay. But uh, we. You take Derek Robertson's art and then, I'm assuming this is chapter one, because uh, this was colored by two different artists, uh, Richard P. Clark and Tony Avena. Mm-hmm. You take the coloring style they have with all these darks that they have, like all the dark uh, uh, muted color in it, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The Christmas just pop out and it works so well. It is kind of like a twisted kind of way. It's beautiful
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i it it definitely yeah it's because yeah like you said like you're such you know it's so dark and and gritty and it's got you know very much you know the muted neutral colors and then you have lights that just they, they pop so well and it i really love how it was done like it's so simple yet it just it looks really good um you know, and I I love the I really like the like the glow of the lights and everything, and it just even the the reflection like the lights in the mirror too off to the side. Um, I really like that. It it looks good. It really, <laughs> in in that in that moment, like yeah, it it looks really good. It's kind of I don't know weird it is to say. <laughs>
1: it it, it really it really gives it a noir feel because I think that's the fun. story they're trying. to. It's a very Grant Morrison take on noir yeah. uh, comics, but it's not noir like the way you read like an old Dick, Dick Tracy comic or Frank Miller's Sin City.
0: Yeah.
1: Which Frank Miller, another writer, artist that has a style of his own who could be considered a genre of his own like Grant Morrison. Right. Um, but it also doesn't have like the noir feeling or like, for example, a Batman Long Halloween
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I think, noir inspired, but it's not noir. Like it's, it's own definitely your own take on it. And, um, I think it, it works really well for this story. Um, and it's also kind of, I don't know if there's they they really don't mention like a year or anything so it's a little bit timeless too like it's you don't really know sort of when it sort of it takes place so it's got that sort of vibe too. Well,
1: with the cell phones and everything, not to step on your point or anything, but I'd say with the cell phones guess, and stuff, yeah. I'd okay. I'd say it's in the in the internet, I'd say it probably takes place in the time it was written, so like in the early 2010s.
0: Okay. Yeah, forgot. See, little details, man. Little details. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do enjoy uh, further into the story when he's Nick is is escaping the hospital and um, he's like, oh, uh, coffee, coffee, you bastards. And then like the next panel, like you see a picture of him, He's just like drinking from like the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I think this is hilarious. It's like oh, and Happy's like oh, scalding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I feel that sometimes. <laughs> you almost you almost need that. That okay. I'm just not even gonna pour this coffee into a cup. I just need. <laughs> so yeah, I I kind of found that funny. <laughs>
1: Because it it's pretty much because like, so when I think of that, and of course your brain would go right to the coffee. <laughs>
0: you know me like uh, coffee. It's still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> I'll <I'm> just
1: Because a person, I think of the hospital scene, I think of him uh, knocking that dude's teeth out, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Smooth's teeth out with the IV stand. Yeah. And there's very few things that I cringe at. When I read that? comics, oh. I could say like the I think I could say like the last time I cringed from something like that reading a comic book was when I was re I was reading the Death of Superman, mm. and the JSA, not to be confused with the JLA, the JSA yeah. is taking on Doomsday, and Doomsday slams Guy Gardner's head in a car door. Oh no! It's like like, oh. this. <laughs> like so rereading... Uh, happy for this today. It was yeah. uh, Nick uh, hitting Mr. Smooth in the mouth knocking out his teeth with that yeah. uh, or in that other goon getting his teeth out like, oh! Oof. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sitting in my car reading this at the laundromat going,
0: oh! Mm. <laughs> you just yeah, I've I've kinda had that reaction too, like especially uh, getting hit in the face with that and it's just like Oh, my my face hurt.
1: <laughs> and when and when Mr. Smooth shows up later in the book with no fucking front teeth, it's like even <laughs> you still feel it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that that, that hurts <laughs> Yeah, you, you almost—it's like the, there's the one panel, uh, Happy, and he's like his eyes are closed and he's sort of cringing. It's like that—that's—that's that's us reading
1: it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of scenes where I think Happy fills in for the audience.
0: I think so. I think I think Happy is like the reader or the audience. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I was trying to. Th- I was trying to think of a movie I saw where the main character is just drinking coffee right out of the pot and it's like scalding hot. I want to say, was it one of the, was it one of the crank films? I don't know. Cause I, those are very vague in my memory. So if anybody's listening and knows, let us know. Um. Yeah, because my mind doesn't think of... It's, my mind goes to that, but not to Nick drinking coffee right out of the pot when he's escaping the hospital. Like, like I said, another forgettable plot point of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about anything else that sticks out to your memory, or sticks out to you?
0: Um, I definitely... Um, sort of earlier in it, I, I really like the that, that feeling where it's he there's, there's a picture in the car is, is on fire or whatever and he's there and you just you feel cold <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's outside and he's just like trying to like sort of keep warm and it's just yeah that that that's cold <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, and I do like to onward um maybe a couple pages forward um' happy he's like you know, Nick says, oh, they can't see you. And he's like, how else, Happy says, how else could I get away with looking like this? And <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that. He's just such, like, like an innocent character very much, you know.
1: personally, huh. I think one of my favorite uh, parts of the book is when all the imaginary friends attack Santa Claus.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm just sitting there looking at all of them, too. Like especially uh, Elvis Moon, like oh, what's this guy's story? Because <laughs> I think you you have the deluxe edition, like I do, correct? Uh, yeah. So you have the version with Grant Morrison's notes in it in the back? Uh, I think, so. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so I I was sitting there wondering like what some of these uh imaginary friends were in this panel i'm like well what's this guy's story what's this guy's story and i kind of want to see books with like these other imaginary friends um i think grant morrison could have like a whole universe here with like all these different uh imaginary friends being on a on an adventure similar to happy's but see, you have old boots a tiny cartoon mouse like ignats from crazy cat wearing enormous work boots Good Guy, a cartoonish Mr. Incredible mass Superman character with a G shield on his chest.
0: Yeah. Niffis, a droopy, sad looking cloth dog with a huge head and eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Annie, a little girl thing with only smiley smudges on her foreface and a little handbag in her hand. A kid's drawing come to life.
0: I want to see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so this one always took out right away. Me, Seymour, a pillow headed, sc- stitched smiley face and button eyes. Color felt tip pins and a fingers emerge from a flapping arms of ghostly trailing sweater filled with holes in the words me see more written on the front. To me, that what stood out to that right away is it had, to, it had to be like a, almost like a Grant Morrison's take on a bizarro.
0: Okay.
1: So <laughs> it reminds me very much of how a uh, bizarro talks. Me see more. Me mm-hmm. bizarro. Me number one. Me bizarro number one.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I like the other ones, but yeah, like Madpole, a weird little Dr. Seuss tadpole creature walking with the aid of two brooms. I,
1: I I do. I <laughs> like flame. I like Flame Tail.
0: Yeah. The Elvis Moon one that sounds hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I want like a Vegas mob story with Moon Tail, or with a with a Elvis, Elvis Moon with yeah. Elvis Moon.
0: <laughs> that needs to happen
1: <laughs> so maybe made me think of those old uh, late 80s or early 90s McDonald's commercials where they have a singing moon I think yeah it like,
0: <laughs> at
1: McDonald's tonight <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm going to die alone I remember old commercials like that
0: yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm
1: going to be singing that all night tonight now at McDonald's
0: tonight and it's going to popped in my head randomly and I'm going to be like, damn you. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but I, I do love that splash page of all those uh, imaginary friends attacking the Santa Claus. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. It's a, I, that would be something like I'd want in like poster form and hang on my wall. Cause that's such a beautiful splash page.
0: Same. It's so vibrant too. Like it's just, I, I you know, it's so cool to look at. Cause I'm sure like you, you know, you think you look at everything, or see everything but i'm sure there's stuff you're you know, you missing right like something hiding or whatever or you know like it's just it's such a cool page to look at
1: and i i like what i love about this deluxe edition is you get some of grant morrison's notes cuz i think he's known for like attaching like note cards when he has like little notes for stuff for his artists and stuff yeah so, like what what he's envisioning in his mind and he'll write that down 'cause I think if listeners haven't uh listened to Fat Man well back when it was called Fatman on Batman, I think it's just called Fat Man Beyond now with uh with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard now, but it when he when it was just uh Fatman on Batman and Kevin Smith interviewed uh people from Batman the Animated series and people who worked on Batman, he did a two parter, I believe, with Grant Morrison. I think Grant Morrison's been in a few episodes, but definitely Definitely give those a listen because Grant Morrison's like a guy. other than having a fucking sweet as hell Scottish accent that I could sit and listen to for hours. Yes. He is. He is a storyteller. I just want to sit and listen to him talk about how he does stuff and his his journeys in life because it is amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you can find if you can find those, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think how Smodcast Network runs now is that they're all behind a paywall, which fucking sucks. But um, if you can find those episodes of Kevin Smith talking to Grant Morrison, highly recommend. Highly recommend.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to definitely check those out. I, I love, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for a Scottish accent. I just, I love a Scottish accent. So it's like, I'm, I, you know, I'm already in, but then I also, like, I listened to when he was on uh, with Chris Hardwick, and it was a really good conversation that they had too. It was a really really good one. Um, but yeah, I he could he could read the damn phone book and it would be amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like those memes you see on Facebook. Who do you want to narrate? Like, oh, fuck Morgan Freeman. I want Samuel Jackson to narrate my life.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: Who would you want to narrate life? I usually say Bruce Campbell or Mark Hamill. I think on the short list, I'd probably throw Grant Morrison on there with, like, Keith David. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, Tony Tony Todd. But I think Grant Morrison would probably run at the top five, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> That's when Jalen knew he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so I guess let me ask a question um, did the story make more sense in the end when you found out that, that Santa and the mob were all working together in the end or would you rather the story or would the story at the time made more sense if he was just trying to save Haley from the Santa or it was just a mob chasing him down
0: I think there could still be, you know, the, the mob part of it. Like, I think that could make just, you know, that he's in this situation, but I could also see it being, um, like him sort of being, you know, like the, the, doing the kind of detective work in the sense of like, he, like maybe like he lost to, he knows, like he knows his daughter. Cause I don't think like it's, Oh, he discovers that it's, his daughter so he can already know but it's already happened that she was taken and something around the lines of like she's actually you know alive and whatever and he's trying to find her so it can be something maybe a little bit more structured like that um but you still sort of have the mob on his tail like i think you need to have at least you know your two different sort of stories and then it can come into it's you know the the you know, the the mafia doing what they did and, and having that be sort of connected with this deranged Santa character and him finding all this and you know, and dealing with it. I think that would be a little bit um a little bit better and less of a thing because I feel like it's it, it is a little bit sort of all over the place a little bit and, and I think that's where it, it does get a little bit um forgettable. Um, in the sense of, like, it's just sort of a lot of layers going on where, okay, he could even, you know, start the story off of, like, you know, him telling, you know, sort of what's going on, but then he's also on the hunt for his daughter, and it ends up being this, you know, deranged Santa character who's doing some weird shit and whatever, and it's ultimately, it's the mob that had something to do with it, and... So it would be something sort of like that, where it's a little bit more structured and less sort of, okay, there's mob after him, he's escaping, whatever, he meets the, you know, the imaginary friend. And yeah, so I, I think if it was a little bit more like that, um, it would be a little bit less what, what, what did I just read? <laughs> but I definitely, it makes a lot more sense near the end. Like everything sort of comes together. Um, it, it's, it's all over the place, but if, I think if you, you really have to pay attention to everything that's sort of going on, and then it all can, connects up at the end, which I think is, you know, is fine. Like, it all makes sense. Um, but I think if at the beginning, if it was a little bit more structured, where, okay, it comes, and then it comes full a circle, it would make a little bit more sense, and then you'd be a little bit less, like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> so...
1: So, uh, how obvious to you was the reveal that, uh, Nick is Haley's father?
0: I think it, it was, it was kind of obvious, um, because why else would this imaginary character be so sort of persistent with him on that? Um, and why an imaginary character would show up, right? Um, You know, imaginary character would usually, you know, kids they have imaginary friends and things. So this character shows up, and you know, essentially, you know, okay, he's he's gonna act as like you know, a spirit guide kind of thing, whatever. But it it made it was kind of predictable in that way that, you know, it wasn't so much a big reveal when, oh, you know, Haley's your daughter. It's like okay, that kind of made sense. Because, you know, why else would this imaginary character show up? And then why would, you know, he be so persistent if it wasn't, you know, if it didn't end up being that way? You know, sort of a, a you know, almost, <laughs> I don't know, this sounds bad to say, but why would he care that there's this girl, you know, um, if he didn't have some connection to that person? So I think it, it makes sense that okay, it's his daughter, so he's got that connection and he's gonna do all he can to save her and and you know, find her and save her.
1: Yeah, it it would you say it's an obvious thing, sort of like uh I made the I think I made the joke several times, even on this show, how you get stuff like Batman Hush. Or Batman got them by gaslight. Oh, hey, random person that's been connected to Bruce's uh, child, been connected to Bruce Wayne, that we're just now meeting, and there's a new villain on the loose. You obviously can't be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, I'm Tommy Elliot. I'm a uh, Bruce Wayne's best friend since childhood. Oh, wait, there's a new uh, rogue in town. I wonder who that could be. Hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah definitely um but yeah it's it's those obvious things like that where it's just yeah it's it's not so much a like what
1: you know it's kind of like in the back of your head like well why would this guy right why would this random guy care about this random little girl And so it's kind of like, yeah, it must be a daughter. And then we see the pregnancy test and the flashback in the trash can when Nick's wife is leaving him. It's like, yeah, definitely his kid before it gets revealed to Nick himself. Mm -hmm. Um, With Happy being so optimistic throughout the whole story, uh, how do you like. uh, On the train, for example, how when happy's trying to get like the, the Christmas spirit put back into Nick and he sees all the anger and hate and everything going on in the train. How do you, th- how do you feel about how between that and Nick beating down happy? How do you like, how do you like that dose of reality that happy gets? Like, how do you think that um, works in the story? I th-
0: I think it, it works well because I think, you know, that's, that's, you know you, you can't always you know you can you can see things you know in a, in a positive light and things like that, but you you also can't be you know completely ignorant to it, and I think that's sort of what happy is, although happy is you know it's an imaginary character, so they don't really have that full grasp of sort of reality and and sort of what's going on. And I think, like, Happy, he's, he is so optimistic. He's so lighthearted. He's so happy. <laughs> but he's he's just who he is. Like, he's just a, a kind of a ball of light. And then he sort of gets that, that reality of, of, well, this is the world that he's sort of existing in for a little bit. And that this is what it is. And that it's not all, you know it's not all kind and nice and you know happy endings or things like that like it's it's gritty it's dark it's not <laughs> you know there there's not so nice people there's you know <laughs> like it's that's just what it is and I think it it works well that it kind of you know grounds them a little bit maybe like just like yeah yeah, this is this is what the world
1: is. <laughs> I could see there being like a, a Grant Morrison note card. You know that scene in Toy Story when uh, Buzz Lightyear find out he's a toy. I bet I could make that a lot darker. <laughs> I'm gonna take an imaginary unicorn <laughs> and find out what dark and cruel world this is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely! I bet you that was the spot.
1: There's <laughs> like really like what, what comes to mind when I think of that? Oh yeah, that scene in first Toy Story and Buzz Lightyear finds out he's a toy, yeah. and just loses all hope.
0: <laughs> loses all hope and becomes Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: apologize. I'm sure my accent sounded more Irish Than Scottish.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it works. <laughs>
1: Grant Morrison, if you are listening, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Please come to my apartment and read me the phone book.
0: <laughs> I mean, is the phone book still a thing though? No, but uh, maybe find an old one. Be like, read this.
1: I got this Chinese takeout menu There
0: you
1: go Okay Any any more thoughts on Happy? I do have two more questions for you Uh,
0: Well Shoot your questions out
1: Okay so I'm trying to find Like a good spectrum that we can have like a yin and a yang for grant morrison works so on a scale of let's say his justice league run or his batman incorporated run let's have that be the tame side and let's say that his um work on doom patrol is the far out where would you place happy on that grant morrison spectrum
0: Sort of... I would place it sort of in the in the middle... Um, in the middle, sort of leaning towards a little bit closer to, like, Doom Patrol. Um, but not so close to it. Like, it's sort of that halfway point. Like, halfway, a little bit over half, I think. Um, because it, it's... I mean, it, it's got the... You know, the his other things are very much yeah, more more lighthearted, it's more superhero, it's you know, and then you've got the really Doom Patrol is just pure high strangeness. So <laughs> I don't think anything could get it any is, stranger than it that.
1: It is it, it <laughs> is a comic where a, a gender neutral sentient street exists.
0: Exactly. So I I don't think it could, you know, up the ante on 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 you know, high strangers than that. But I think it's it's sort of in that middle because it's 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 got its strangeness in the sense of there's an imaginary unicorn. You've got, you know, um all the, the you know things going on, but it's you got that strangeness, which kind of leans towards a little bit more like the Doom Patrol level, but not really there. And then it's sort of in that middle because I think it's it's a much you know, it's not lighthearted. But it's a darker, grittier story. And it's... Um, yeah, it's it's just a really... Um, yeah, it's a dark, grittier story. It's a little bit kind of heavy to read. Um, and... Yeah, so I think it, it kind of goes in that middle. Leaning a little bit more towards your, your Doom Patrol. Just in the sense of... The imaginary unicorn that's there. And um yeah, so that's that's kind of where I would place it.
1: I'd say that's fair. It's got that it's got that one foot in real. It's got I'd it's, say it's got two it's got two feet in reality. With, with the, uh
0: because
1: yeah. really imaginary friends really aren't outside of because everybody has imaginary friends. I know I had an imaginary friend growing up. And um, even as a 37-year-old adult, I always have an like, imaginary wife and kids. <laughs> 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 but uh, we all – it's – we've all had imaginary friends and stuff growing up. So I just, maybe just seeing it played out makes it a little more fantastical. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's near as fantastical as – like some of his Batman stuff, or his, uh, or Doom Patrol, definitely by far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say like right, I'd say it's like right smack dab in the middle.
0: Yeah, because it's it it's still sort of like other stories where you it's darker, grittier, and you have that sort of like the you know, the, although he's not really down on his luck, but he's kind of there, and kind of has a mess going on. So it's not really any different from like another crime story where you might find sort of the same thing but this has that strangeness like I said like of the imaginary friend unicorn like that's where the strangeness comes in and where I think it's definitely deeply rooted in reality where you have that but then it's you know like you said like fantastical in the sense of you know sort of imaginary friend but it's also not because it's something that you know, kids have. I mean, not all kids, but some kids. They you know they have their imaginary friend growing up, and so it—it's sort of, yeah, it—it it can be kind of fantastical. But then it's also like, well, this is kind of a a thing that he's kind of exploring using this childhood thing. You know, manifesting it into something that you know only you know, one person sees and acts as kind of a spirit guide kind of thing. So I think maybe that's sort of where he was going with it. Um, But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely in that middle, in that middle zone.
1: I don't think of good clarification of this, or I think a good synopsis of this would be what if Grant Morrison wrote Who Framed Roger Rabbit?
0: Yeah. For sure. Like
1: a a story very much based in reality in the real world. But these kind of fantastical elements like cartoons exist as actual people.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you more likely to recommend this to a general comic book reader? Or would you more lean towards somebody who's just like a has a taste for Grant Morrison or even a taste for the weird?
0: Definitely somebody who's got a taste for weird and somebody who does kind of, who does know Grant Morrison and sort of his style. Um, But I would also recommend it to a general comic book reader if they were someone who was sort of into the darker, grittier sort of, say, crime stories, like if they were sort of, they were into that genre and maybe also into you know the noir style because that's kind of what this is inspired by um so if they were the general comic book reader but with a few things (laughs) if they were into you know the basic crime stories or things like that but then also you know um yeah into the crime stories but then also somebody who does know or is familiar with grant morrison and has a taste for the weird because i don't think it's really a comic that's for everybody because it is such a a story that is all all over the place and you know you might not be like you you know you you might think it's kind of dumb to have like oh an imaginary friend unicorn like what kind of nonsense is that so you kind of have to be definitely into the weird to be like okay I'm I'm cool with this. Let's you know give it a read. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not to everybody, but but to the general reader if they liked prime stuff, and then the weird one who you know somebody who liked the weird stuff, because this is this definitely would be up their alley. I mean if they were you know depending on the kind of weird stuff whatever that you know, it, this might be tamed, <laughs> I don't know, but, yeah, you get what I'm saying, like, it's, yeah, so, but it wouldn't be something I would, you know, put out on, on, say, Facebook, and be like, everybody needs to read this because it's amazing, or whatever, like, no, it would be carefully chosen people. <laughs>
1: yeah i wouldn't say that the story's all over the place the story's pretty straightforward it's just forgettable yeah. it, it's it's yeah as much as we've talked about it, like it the plot is pretty simple um yeah. for the most part it's it's not really all over the place it's it's well structured it's just it's like
0: I think uh, there's the punish so many...
1: it's, it's like what if the punisher had an imaginary friend yeah so that's comparison the what if the punisher had an imaginary friend
0: I'm not familiar with that one, so I don't know. But.
1: The Punisher's pretty good. He, makes an appearance in, he even makes an appearance in Archie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything makes an appearance in Archie, it seems.
1: Anyway. <laughs> but, but, yeah. What but, uh, <laughs> This isn't something I really... Rec- I, this is probably one of the stories I've recommended the least, I think, the people. I've recommended to a, ha- a couple people... And I really think I try to aim it towards people who know if I know they're if they're comic readers, I know they like Grant Morrison, or if they yeah. like a little bit more of the weird stuff or something different. That, then I'm more willing to recommend it to them than say like my nephew's grown up starting to read comics. I'm not going to recommend it to them, but I'm like hey, yeah. my buddy, my buddy Josh, like you like weird stuff, you like Grant Morrison, don't you? Like give this a read, try this out
0: yeah
1: like, it's definitely something i'm not gonna re- i'm not gonna recommend to like a just a general fly by night comic book reader
0: yeah exactly yeah like I said like it's definitely not one you know for everybody and not everybody's really going to get into it i mean i I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's not really one that like kind of said like words kind of like what I said at the beginning where it's all right but um, it's not one I really got into, um, but, yeah, I I mean, it it is, it, I think for me, it was just, like, there was so much going on, and it just was, like, okay, what, like, it, it just, yeah, I, I didn't really, um, sort of take in all of, like, sort of what was going on, so I think, like I said, like, if I, reread it again i think i would get a better sense of story and see that okay it is you know not so much what i think of as as a as a cluster of things but it is you know there's there's a story there it's just so many different layers that you really have to sort of pay attention to because all those layers will connect up at the end
1: do you think do you think it needed more than four issues to draw the story out you think
0: i think so because
1: it's a quick read
0: it really is it's i i was surprised like i wasn't sure because i mean it's it's not that big of a book but it's it's you know um big enough and i thought it was going to be it was going to take me a lot longer to read through but it's pretty quick
1: It's not a huge time commitment like your Long Halloween's or your Nightfalls yeah. or whatever, but, or your Old Man Logan's. But it's pretty, uh, it's a quick read. It's not a huge time waste. Just even if you don't like it, it, it wouldn't be a huge waste of time for you, if you even if you didn't like it at the end.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, I'll forewarn you I've only seen a few episodes of the show just because of the, my living situation at the time. I just didn't get around to finishing it, but I will soon. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I remember, I think the show's a lot trippier than the than the comic.
0: Yeah. I've I when I was getting the book from from the bookstore, I was picking it up cuz the only way I could get it was to order it through the bookstore. Um that the the lady that that helped me like she went to get the book and she brought it out and she's like, "Oh, um you know, this this the show is amazing." Like she really had high praise for it. So like okay, so I guess it's <laughs> she really liked it, but well,
1: like, okay. I was I was wondering how they I was wondering how they got two seasons out of a four issue book.
0: <laughs> well, there obviously there's got to be extra stuff in there. I feel like because honestly, well, from
1: what I was reading on from from what I was reading on Wikipedia about the show, it's, uh, yeah, I think they add a lot of extra stuff to pad yeah. it out. So
0: I, they would have to because I think like this could be. You know, at least a season, maybe, (laughs) optimistically, but two, yeah. There's got to be a lot of other stuff that's that's in there.
1: Well, I read somewhere. I was doing a little research I could do for this, and this caught the attention of the RZA and producer Reginald Hudlin, who have expressed their interest and desire to adapt the comic into a film.
0: Okay.
1: Hmm. Another fun note. Another fun note about this is Harry Knowles, and It Cool News, announced uh, Derek Robertson as one of their best artist picks for the ninth annual AICN Comics Assy Awards, and they cited Happy. Um, oh wow. For that.
0: Yeah, the artwork. See. Artwork is
1: beautiful in this too.
0: It it really is. Um, it's like really amazing. Um, just yeah, you just like flip through and and look at everything, and it's just really really well done. Um, I mean for me, it's like what what I really love is the like when all the Things they're attacking the Santa. I, I love how bold and and you know bright that is. But then I also my other favorite is that is the Christmas lights, like we mentioned it at the start. Um, just how great it looks. Like it just, um, really well done art. Absolutely.
1: Going back to the original thought, I think with it, I I could see this being. A, I think you could tell this whole book in like a two hour film.
0: Absolutely, you
1: could, yeah. I don't, th- it, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to almost be like a, I think Blumhouse would have to, like, want to break into the comic book genre because you, because you're not going to want to throw a lot of money at this because it's going to be like a very niche audience, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's going to take, so I don't think you're, I don't think your your flight, your Johnny Come Lately, uh, comic book film buff is going to want to go see this if they're not a comic book reader. Like, your general audience comic book film viewers, not going to go yeah. pay money to see I, this this uh, weird story of a cop, ex-cop hitman with an imaginary, his daughter's imaginary unicorn friend.
0: Yeah. I could see this one, if they were going to make, you know, the film of it, I could see it going to, like, a streaming service. You know, like, they've done. Like, I could see it doing that. Um maybe not so much going to a theater because I don't think it would really work like you said like with a like general audience. But I think if you had it, you know, a streaming service or something like somebody it could be like a hidden gem for somebody, you know? Somebody who's familiar with it the story and everything and it could be something that could be, you know, enjoyed by those kind of people.
1: And not the not the trash in the show either because I haven't seen all of it, but I did enjoy what I have seen in the show. And when I reread this for this episode I heard because Pat and Oswald is the voice of Happy in the show. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So I, I hear Pat I hear Pat and Oswald's voice when I read whenever I read Happy, I hear Pat I hear Pat Oswald's voice in my head. <laughs> yeah. So any final thoughts on Happy?
0: Um, it it was an alright read. Um, it's definitely one I think I'll. Oh, oh, it's gonna be a second chance read. <laughs> um, now that I've sort of read through it, I think it's more of a, a practice run read through. <laughs> and now it's like okay, now I can actually read it. Um, and I think I would probably enjoy it a second time. Um, but it's also not gonna be one that's. You know, sort of a high praise one for me. So, yeah.
1: This one that every, you read on a whim one day, like, hey, I'll read how I'm in a mood for happy. It's it's really a one you got to be in the mood for. Definitely,
0: yeah. I I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be one that you know I haven't read that in a minute. And I'm going to give that a read again. Yeah,
1: for maybe, sure. Maybe like half hour to an hour out of your day. I yeah. think it took me well. With frequent breaks, it took me about an hour to read. Yeah. I think the,
0: was, if
1: you, if you cut out, it cut out the breaks in between when I had, was changing laundry out or running out of the store or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. It
0: was about, yeah, about an hour for me to read it, something like that, or maybe even half an hour. I don't know. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't long.
1: So I guess there you have, it. I guess it's safe to say that we both recommend this book. Uh, Highly recommend. No. If you're into the great, if you're in the, if you're into Grant Morrison or into something a little bit more different then I'd say, this book is right up your alley. I think Mullis and I can both agree on that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I really think we picked a humdinger to wrap up Christmas on this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: think so.
1: <laughs> last year, last year it was a Batman's rendition of a uh, Christmas story. Now it's a, uh, but I told Melissa off air. I think we have. I think I have a good one in mind for next year Christmas when we talk about another comic. We've really talked a lot of comics this year on the show. We, we did this. We did uh, Joe Hill earlier yep. in October, and I think we did something else this year too, didn't we? I know we've done a lot of comic-based stuff, but I no last, last, last
0: Christmas,
1: last Christmas we talked about uh, Noelle, uh, Lady Killer. Yes, Lady Killer. We talked about Lady Killer also this year with the show. and That's going to be another episode in itself once we finally get Lady Killer on Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or if Lady Killer 3 comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a race. It is. Yeah, but next Christmas, I think we I, I told Melissa off mic ago, I think I got a good idea for next Christmas uh, comic book selection this one i've been i've been wanting to read for a long time so i'm going to track it down for this one
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh yeah that's that's happy uh go out and read it and uh stay tuned next year i think we're going to cover the show yeah we're already starting to christmas 2022
0: <laughs> <laughs> they always get to plan ahead so
1: Oh, we usually plan it like late October, like, oh, what do you want to do for Christmas, this and this. So now we've already got two episodes planned for next Christmas. Here
0: we go. <laughs> Good to go.
1: First, first time in my life I've been ahead of schedule, and what is it? Nerdy podcast bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course.
1: I'm gonna write, knowing me, I'll write on my whiteboard right now. <laughs> time, <laughs> 2022, to be announced. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I've already written down a couple of things coming up already, so for 2022. So. <laughs> Look oh, at us being
1: right. Any, any hooters. Uh, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you on social media if they choose to?
0: They can keep up with me on Instagram at MissMelissaN25. And you can also, if you're into art, doodling, whatever. Um, I have an art page called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And where can they find you, Jared?
1: Well, uh, you can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. That's where you find the pictures of my cats and of my beard and of the ever-growing tattoo collection I'm starting to get. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, as a podcast as a whole, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Nations Podcast, And don't forget to send us an email at Nerd Nations podcast at com.
0: And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, uh, you can find us at our home at Podbean and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And also, uh, be sure to leave a rating and review as it allows us to be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community.
1: Before we say goodbye, uh, with this being our last episode of the year, I want to take time to thank all of our uh, guests that we've had on this year, whether they're first-timer or recurring. Um, I really think this is, we're coming into our – I think in 2022, we'll be coming into our third year of doing this. And I think 2021 has probably been one of our best years so far, Melissa, and I'm very excited to go into 2022 with you and – see what we can do. I know we already got some good stuff planned for you coming back in 2022. Mm-hmm. So I'll, thank you to everybody who's been listening and supporting the show. Every guest we've had on first time, more recurring. Thank you for being part of our podcasting family. We, we'll say anything to add. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. It's been really, really awesome. Um, chatting with everybody and um, whether it's like, you know, Jared said a first time or recurring, it's always wonderful having, you know, guests on. And um, it's, I always, every one of them, you know, whenever I have an idea of bringing guest on, I always say to Jared that, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I am. And I, I always do. I always have fun with it. And um, I think, I think 2021 has been our year. I think, Um, whether we've, we've realized it or not, I think we've really come into our own this year. Like we've, you know, um, had some really awesome episodes, just, you know, ourselves chatting about things and then, you know, really awesome guests. And I think we've, you know, definitely come into our own and become a really, you know, even more solid podcast. So, um, you know, it's, it's been another fun uh, year of podcasting, and um, I can't wait to know uh, what 2022 is going to bring. And I'm really excited that I get to um, embark on this journey with you, Jared. There, there isn't anybody that I would want to do that with other than you.
1: And I, you. So I also want to. I think we should also say a special thank you to other members of our podcasting family who've had us on their shows this year too uh special thanks to philip barker and superhero stress uh lisa Sancello from i love that movie which melissa you just recorded
0: yes i did um yeah i'll say that yeah we uh we just talked about the the polar express so
1: and uh one show i recently did uh with uh Jeremy Lloyd and Guy Milk's dark Tower radio well like thank you am I missing anybody that we've else uh, we've recorded with
0: oh uh andy d oh
1: i'm uh I met specifically oh. like other shows we've been on i didn't I wa- I didn't want take the time to list everybody by name for <laughs> this Sorry. show i just
0: anyway <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> that was the only but, other me i and everybody's like no, we weren't
1: on that, so never mind. Yeah, uh, I, I I wish I would have taken the time to write down all the guests we had for the first time this year. Of course, like most of said, Andy DeGenova from Disorder and Holy Backcast and Real Fans. Uh, who else did we have first time this year? We had Lisa's husband Nick on the first time with us. Um, my friend, uh, our friends uh, Sean and of course Victoria, who's been a mainstay with us now both
0: first-timers this year. Yeah, there's there's been so many. And, um, you know, it, it would take a really long time to name everybody, but we, we absolutely appreciate everybody that's been on with us to chat about um, various topics, and it's always been a fun time. And I hope for those that, you know, first time that they come back and have a chat with us again.
1: And uh, Jeremy Lloyd was another first-timer this year. Yes. Which, uh, make sure you remember that name, because that's one of the things we got come up in 2022, is Season 2 of The Critic with Jeremy Lloyd. Mm
0: -hmm. I can't wait for that one, because the first chat with him was fun, so it's going to be even more so, I bet, this time.
1: (laughs) I have never laughed so hard editing an episode and I... Like, every episode with Guy in it, I'm laughing pretty hard when I edit it, but though, Season 1 of The Critic with Jeremy was, like, had me. Oh, Tim Rooney was another guest we had on for the first time this year yes. too, as well. Tim Rooney. So it seems like forever ago he was on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Please rewind in the Anything Goes podcast.
1: So if if, if, I, if I've forgotten anybody else, I apologize. We've had a lot of new guests this year. We've been very blessed to have so many guests to add to our podcasting family this year. So thank you everybody who's been part of our show and let us be a part of their show as well in 2021. We hope to keep working with everybody in 2022. And even though he was on the, on the show this year as a outright guest, uh, thank you to Robert from pods and monsters who helped out with our Dracula Frankenstein episode this year.
0: Yeah, that was really awesome. And that was a really awesome surprise. Yeah.
1: So. I lo- I know you can't, you guys can't see this, but the, the look on Melissa's face when she turned her camera on, and I told her that was, uh, Robert that did that. It was pretty amazing. Oh, no, no. Actually, I think that also there are and another first time guest is your Ken Bogle. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm sitting here talking, they're all coming to me because I, I know me. Anybody who knows me and my anxiety knows I'm going to feel horrible if I forget somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But Ken Bogle, another first time guest. I was, I was trying to remember the episode I told you where we had our cameras off and recording, And I told I name dropped the guests we had. And you flipped your camera on right away. And I want to say it's probably when I told you that Ken Bogle did the intro for our Grinch episode last year. It was either that or when I told you that Robert was. Oh, yeah. I want to say it was Ken Boggle because you were very surprised too by Robert doing the intro for our Dracula I, episode. Yeah, I
0: was. I was surprised by by uh, Ken Bogle, but I think more so uh, with Robert doing that. And and so yeah, I was. I was very much surprised by that. That was really cool.
1: I'll have to up the surprise factor in 2022.
0: <laughs> I think he, I think he did pretty well this year. So.
1: <laughs> well. For Melissa, I'm Jared. This has been. Our last Christmas episode for. Nerd Nerd of nations podcast for 2021. It's also our final episode of 2021. So next time we get together, we'll be talking about our top 10 films of 2021. So I'm excited for that. I got a little more homework to do for that, though.
0: I've that, yeah. I've got over ten, easily over ten films that I need to condense into a top ten, and that's going to be a challenge in itself. But thankfully, I'll I have time to do this. Yeah,
1: I got I got a few more to cross off the list to watch before I can set ten and stone. I'm sure right up until recording time, it's going to be. an ever-shifting list. Like, oh, oh, move, this, move this here, move this here. I, so, I've,
0: realized I've got two more films to watch that are coming out in the same day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not done making my list yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this might have to be, like, a late mid-to-late January episode.
0: <laughs> I think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I can just cram all these movies in. Yeah. Um That'll be the next time we get together. We'll be talking about our top films of 2021. And I'm assuming probably talking about our most anticipated films of
0: 2022. Yep. Yep. Definitely.
1: So, yeah. Uh, So, even though it's a Christmas season, the world's still scary. It's supposed to be the jolly time of the year. So, let's all make sure that we're doing our part and uh, being excellent to each other.
0: And nerd on, dudes.
1: And I'm not a hallucination. I'm 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 levels above hallucination, Nick. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone.
0: And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.